I'm Kelly Harrell, author, animist, and creator of the Weekly Rune. Solentent Arts is my soul-tending practice, and you're listening to What in the Weird, my podcast in which I talk about runes, actionable animism, soul-tending, and how all of those intersect through sacred activism on my path. The Weekly Rune is out, and if you're not sure what it is, it's a runecast that I've done for years, focused on the runic calendar and the current half-month rune. The Weekly Rune is now available in full on Patreon.com. Just do a search for Kelly Harrell to find it, and you can find the archive of all past runecasts on my site, soulintentarts.com. If you're not sure what a half-month is or what the runic calendar is, Listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird, or just go read the weekly rune. It's explained fully at the beginning of every runecast. Thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast, to those who send notes and share their experiences of the runes. That's what it's all about, and I'm grateful for the engagement. I also want to thank my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the podcast and the RuneCast possible with their financial support. If you've benefited from the RuneCast, the podcast, or the ton of free articles on the runes, animism, and soul tending on my website, you can show your support through buying my books, which you can find at soulintentarts.com or Amazon, by making a one-time contribution through PayPal or Square, or by contributing regularly through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com and search for Kelly Harrell. You can also subscribe to the paid version of the Weekly Rune there, and thank you for it. I've sat for a few days on what to focus this episode on. Burkana, obviously. Though for those of you who haven't read the Weekly Rune, and it is totally free in full this week, it was a big one, so I decided it needed to be available to everybody. Go read it at Patreon. If you've read it, you know the message that came through was that our job right now, specifically in this moment right now, coronavirus and all, is not to do huge spiritual or energetic heavy lifting but to take care of ourselves, our communities, and nature. So yes, Burkana, that is Burkana all over the place, right? Give the care, nurture, show up where you can bring meals, pick up groceries, spare a dime, do those things to take care of your household, of your neighborhood, And I don't mean stop your spiritual practices completely. I don't mean that at all. What I mean by not doing the deep spiritual dives right now is don't try to save the world or the multiverse or whatever. Save your family, save your neighborhood. Picking up groceries for someone is a spiritual deep dive. And and that's the thing that we're really being reminded of right now, right? All our enormous systems do not work, whether they are breaking broken or working exactly as intended by colonization, they are not taking care of people. And so the reminder here is that it's our job to do that. That is a burkana. It is our job to look after each other. And doing that is the biggest soul tending that you can do. 
We all, everybody says that, like it's a Hallmark greeting card sort of affectation, like, oh, it's wonderful. All of life is spiritual and everything is spiritual. But the truth is, it is. We have a tendency to look into other, as in capital O, other. We, we're constantly looking for that other dangling carrot, and we're constantly distracted by the shiny, like rainbow spiritual aspect of things. But we, we all want to feel chosen, right? We all want to feel like our soul work is super critical and, and we all have this grand calling. And the thing is, that's all good and well. You know, there's nothing inherently wrong with any of that. But the problem is if that's all you're doing. I've said this a million times. None of that stuff is soul tending. It's bold. It's frank. And it's the truth. It is not soul tending. We have had that conversation and I'm not going down that road. But what I have not said, what I will say for the first time is that it also isn't animism. Believing that all things have a soul, that is not animism. Talking to trees, getting stoned and and talking to the walls, having visitors, also not animism. Animism means that you embody your experiences all of them, through your inner cosmology, body, mind, soul, emotions, and that you embody your external experience of cosmology as well. It means that you're in felt, direct relationship with all aspects of your life. And few people reach that awareness without developing skills, rituals, and boundaries, the big three that I talk about all the time. Without those Few people reach that awareness. We aren't just like, boom, born with the whole kit and caboodle. I don't know anybody that lives embodied that hasn't had to learn those things. It is not automatic. It doesn't just happen. So yes, we all start out embodied, right? Okay, there's that. We weren't born distracted from our being. That is something that happened along the way as we became socialized, as we became domesticated and colonized. And there could be some wiggle room in there that, that you know, there's brain chemistry and neurology that makes it more challenging or more easy for some people to experience embodiment. But none of those things is tripping for tripping's sake, ever. We have been groomed away from our animistic awareness of ourselves and of life. And we don't just intellectualize our way back into it. We have to feel our way back into it. We have to breathe and live our way back into it. And it requires tending. It is not one and done. It is an ongoing thing that requires tending. And frankly, tripping for tripping's sake is still a form of intellectually forcing awareness. We have to learn how to find that inner relationship before we can find that far out spiritual external one. And most of us have to heal into that way of being on every layer of how we experience ourselves. What I mean by that is we don't get to skip any parts of ourselves. So says Burkana. Burkana is about the whole kit and caboodle of life cycle and tending. It's not the parts of it we like. 
It's not the parts of it that are comfortable. It's all of it. That's what makes it kind of prickly around the edges. That's the uh, emotional detachment part. We don't get to skip that we feel hurt about something in our lives. We don't get to skip that when certain life dynamics happen, our physical pain level goes up. We don't get to skip that when our thoughts spiral in a certain unhelpful direction, that the circumstances of our life tend to veer in that direction also. We don't get to skip that when we feel disconnected from our spirit allies, that we bear a responsibility to reconcile that lack, even if it means that we don't get to hang with our spirit allies anymore. And none of this is about blaming. It is not that you create your reality period stuff. What it is, is there are aspects of your internal being that you do have control over. Systemic force would interfere with you at every stop to keep you from knowing that. But the truth is we do have the ability to control aspects of ourselves internally. And when we do that, when we know that, we gain the skills to do it and we start to change the direction of how we care for ourselves. That is how you examine and address your inner cosmology. This is how you responsibly carry and respond to your body, mind, soul, and feelings. And if moving through each one of those levels of yourself to become embodied is too much effort, why do you think you have the goods for far out soul travel? Why do you think you can bring what your calling is asking you to do? Because both of those things rest on the foundation of your embodiment. I meet people all the time, and I'm including myself in this. I was as escapist as I could possibly be. I was ridiculously post-traumatic when I began exploring soul tending and soul healing. I had literally a, a, a um, a quarter of a century of compact post-traumatic stress riding into this with me and the ability to experience a part of my own reality, be it internal or far out in the stratosphere that didn't have that anxiety was radically life-changing. It was head-changing and heart-changing. So I understand why we have those experiences in soul that, that don't come with that that complex stuff of humaning, and we like to just hang out there. But but those spaces weren't created for hanging out. They're created for us to get a taste of what that can be, to come back and do the work, work the skills and the tools to be able to make that space bigger on the inside so that we don't have to go outside of ourselves to find it. Being able to truly soul travel and mine the wisdom that the multiverse has for you to bring back to your life and quite possibly to serve a community rests on the foundation of your embodiment of yourself. Your ancestors' efforts and skills can't come through you until you're fully here, not out there. Your calling cannot sit on overburdened shoulders. And overburdened means trauma. It means 
anxiety in the moment, maybe not post-traumatic stress, but the moment right now, what's happening in everybody's lives on this planet, it's not time for doing the big soul deep dives. And I know that that's hard for a lot of people to hear. It's, It's a hard message for some people to hear, especially when they're stressed out and especially when kind of soul working might be their gig. And yet now is the time for those hard boundaries. That is Burkana. That is detached caregiving to yourself. I, I often say to people, trauma isn't the time to learn new skills. When you're under duress is not the best time to learn new skills, but it's a damn excellent time to fully use the ones you already have. Because guess what? If you can work those skills now under this kind of duress, under the collective um, saturation of empathetic awareness, if you can do that right now and master those skills, you can still weed out what's yours. You can weed out what belongs to other people, build boundaries around that, use the coping skills that actually work for you and support you. If you can do all that, you're golden for the next step. And I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what the next step is for me because I'm on the current step. I definitely don't know what the next step is for you, but it will be there because you're doing the things that are right for you right now. You're doing the soul tending that is right for you, your family, your neighborhood right now. And doing that puts you in the place to receive whatever is next in your education. That is the tough love of Burkana. That is living the full range of being so that you can continue to expand beyond what you know of it. And the deep wisdom around Burkana is that you're ready. You can do this. You are enough because you can't fail at who you are. You just learn to do you better and better. That is the affirmation of Burkana from Runic Book of Days. I did this. I am enough. I am enough. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or insights about working with the runes in season, or you just want somebody to bounce your ideas off, feel free to email me at kelly, that's K-E-L-L-E-Y, at soulintentarts.com, or you can call into the Anchor app, which you can download for Android or iPhone. Also, check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and various other podcast platforms. And you can learn more about me, Runic Book of Days, and my work by visiting soulintentarts.com or on Instagram at Kelly Soul Arts. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird.